Welcome to Ballistic Radio. Join us as we discuss hard-won self-defense lessons, as well as the information you need to survive a violent encounter. Listen as armed professionals, industry experts, national champions, and gunfight survivors help answer all your firearms and self-defense questions while exploring your rights and responsibilities as an armed citizen. Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Daniel Defense, the country's leading manufacturer of AR rifles and accessories. Daniel Defense, lighter, stronger, better. And now, here is your host, John Johnston. Welcome to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Daniel Defense, country's leading manufacturer of air rifles and accessories. Daniel Defense, lighter, stronger, better. Your host, John Johnston. Remember, you can always listen to past shows at BallisticRadio.com and get the latest behind-the-scenes info and other stuff that I'm actually getting tired of at Facebook.com slash BallisticRadio. Coasting with me, Jack-Jack. Yay! It is the first Facebook user question show of season four. It makes me feel like we may have forgotten to do one at some point. No, we just had so many cool guests lined up that you know we it, it took us a while to get to the the natural pause where people had this episode on their whatever to skip over. This like, is really the clip show of Ballistic Radio. Something like that. Hey, guess what, Jack? What's that, John? This segment brought to you by Tactical Night Vision Company. The night is dark and full of terrors, or at least it used to be. But now we have the technology to fight the night. And TNVC is your one-stop shop for all your dark fighting needs. From the TNV PVS-14 night vision goggle to the IR Patrol thermal monocular and everything in between, TNVC can outfit your defense against the dark arts. Doesn't matter if it's your lost keys, the enemy... Or that little kid from down the street that likes to wander off, or maybe even my pride. TNVC has what you need to find things in the dark. TNVC, own the night! Nothing is finding that anytime soon. No, it's not. Uh, So we have a really cool prize package that SKD Tactical was kind enough to donate to the show. Um, So for those that are just tuning in, here's how this works. We take questions that people have asked on our Facebook page, which just hit 200 and. 40,000 followers. Thank you, guys. Um, And we answer them. And what we're doing a little different this time is instead of picking one winner, I will pick my favorite question. Jack will pick his favorite question. And depending on what that is, they get a different prize. The question I pick gets a free perf, multicam, flip-flops that are exclusive to SKD. And uh, the People you pick are getting their excellent FDT Touch Alpha or Charlie gloves, which are my very favorite shooting gloves. So, anyway. Alrighty then. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting. Coming from Clyde Rhodes, for those that are just starting to consider attending professional training, what would you say start with? Principle based training or tactics based training? Principle based training or tactics based training? Ah. <sighs> Say general principles, you know, things that we are, the rules of thumb of, of the training. In, well, not your thumbs, Jack. Those are just weird. Mine are weirder. I mean, I can't. You got s- Megan Fox thumbs. Stupid Megan Fox thumbs. Um, here's what I think is important to really think about at first. I think it's really important to think about ways to avoid fights at first. I think it's really important to think about ways to not go to jail if you find yourself in a fight. I think it's really important to think about ways to fix medical issues that stem from fights or maybe even from your day-to-day life. Um, 
I drive a lot. I've seen a lot of car accidents. Medical knowledge is a little bit more useful in those instances than, you know, my sub-two-second bill drill, uh, which I cannot shoot a sub-two-second bill drill right now. In the past, not right now. A little rusty right now. Well, we're in the, we're in the uh, studio right now anyway. That would be bad. A, a really bad idea. Yes, it would be bad. Very bad. It'd be loud in here, too. It's a soundproof room. Well, soundproof-ish room. And uh, that would contain sound really, really. Effective. It would be bad for you, but it's just like popcorn for me. It doesn't even bother me anymore. What was that? <laughs> Mop. Mop. Um, wow, it's been too long since there's been an Archer reference. So anyway, yeah, the, the whole tactics behind things. I mean, is that stuff important? Yes. Is it necessary? Well, no, not really until it is. But the times when it is important are not as common as the other things. So. And they, they tend to be really niche classes, too. Like, one tactic based around, like, vehicles or a building or, you know, whatever. Well, as someone that's getting ready to uh, bring to market and uh, try and sell a niche class. Um, no, but you're right. There, there are, you know, if you're on a limited budget, there are things that will serve you a lot better than a very specific class. Um, I think going and... You know, like we had Andrew Bronca on not too long ago, um, learning about the law, great thing. Uh, going and training with William April, amazing idea to go and learn about how not to be attacked. There, there's all, and I'm not, you know, uh, of course I just singled these two out, but there's, there's plenty of other classes like that that are extremely useful in a broad set of circumstances. Craig Douglas is managing unknown contacts module that he does at the, the beginning of like uh, ECQC or some other things. So, yes, that's kind of what I would look for first. Okay. From Christopher Williams, it's no surprise that 9mm is currently the go-to round at the moment. I've also noticed a trend of users, yourself included, going to fiber optic sites. Do you feel that this is an industry trend or people starting to get over the perception of them being weak, breakable, easy to fall out? Um. So the 9mm thing, I mean, I don't think I need to spend much time on. There's scads of writing detailing why it, in the year 2016, with modern ammunition, all thing, all other things being equal, most of the duty calibers, the service rounds, 9, 40, 45, 357 SIG, all do about the same thing. So I like having more bullets and less recoil. If you like other stuff, hey, whatever. I, I don't care anymore. I really don't. If it makes you happy, do that. Um, as far as, like, fiber optics go, I I discovered the Dawson Precision front sights. Um, and, and not to say there aren't other good fiber optic sights, but I like the Dawson's a lot because they're countersunk so that the bead um, is recessed into the blade of the sight at either end. It seems to be a lot more durable than some of the other ones I've used in the past. like it quite a bit. There's some visual advantages for precision shooting at speed. Uh, I also like getting the thinner front sight because it allows me more accuracy at distance. Um, there's all sorts of mechanical reasons behind that. That having been said, you know, for a general purpose iron sight... Um, I think a high-visibility front sight, um, something like Dave Spaulding's cap sight that he does with Ameriglow or the Trijicon HD 
front, just a, you know, a big blob of color out front and a subdued black rear. Um, you know, they, they've got their Hackathorn site too. Whatever, whatever you like is probably the best general purpose site there is. Um, can I get precision at distance with it? Yeah. Is it as easy? No. Uh, but for shooting things fast in all different lighting conditions, um, they seem to work really well. And the other thing, too, is tritium, night sights, is it needed or necessary? In 95% of the lighting conditions that exist, no, no, it is not. Um, that 5% of the time, though, when you do need it, specifically if you're somewhere dark shooting somewhere light, it's really handy to have. So... It's kind of my thoughts on iron sights right now. Uh, anyway, we got to go to break. Right now, you're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Daniel Defense, country's leading manufacturer of air rifles and accessories. Daniel Defense, lighter, stronger, better. This segment brought to you by Sig Sauer. Now, with more options, we're not all the same, and our carry gun shouldn't have to be either. Six Hour gives you choices. With more models than the Bible's got Psalms, it's never been easier to find a Six Hour that fits your needs. From the extremely versatile Striker-fired P320 with modular grip frame, to the Legion Series P226, single-stack P225A1, or the entry-level SP2022, Six Hour makes a model that's right for you. Just don't ask for Callahan for bore, full-bore auto-lock. They don't make that... Yet, Sig Sauer, when it counts. And also, your premier source for Sig parts and accessories, TopGunSupply.com. TopGunSupply.com is your web source for fine firearms, parts, and accessories. True product specialists committed to delivering the highest level of customer support to you. They carry top name brands including Egg Brown, Wilson Combat, Let's Bear, Sig Sauer, and many more. As well as premium AR pattern rifles like Daniel Defense. Whether you are looking to protect yourself, are a first-time gun buyer, or inverted, or a competitive shooter... TopGunSupply.com can satisfy your fire needs. TopGunSupply.com. So I've got like this little like bubble of of mucus in the back of my throat right now that made that really difficult as it <laughs> as it cut off my air supply at random moments during that. What's it like being a rapper? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just I'll just make these words rhyme with each other that don't actually sound like this. Just rhyme the same word with the same word. It works. Up and her. Up, up and her. her. Anyway. From Nathan Bretagnan, if you had to outfit your grandparent with a firearm for home defense tomorrow, what would you give them and why? Ruger 1022 with uh, the 25 round BX25 magazine, because that seems to work really well, and some sort of match grade ammunition uh, that's been looked at. You know, it's gone through a extra QC process so that the primer compound is uh, more evenly distributed along the rim of the cartridge. Is that the best choice ballistically? No. No, it's not. Uh, my grandparents are not shooters, though, and they actually hate guns. But if they came to me tomorrow and said, this is what we want, um, sure, here you go, Grandma and Grandpa. Just pull this little lever back when you're ready to go and put this dot on top of something and pull the trigger. You know, put like a hollow sun or a you know, whatever on top of it and call it good. I think that in our rush to 
have the most effective, we oftentimes overlook the limitations of the person using the tool. Um, and that is problematic, you know, so. I, I recently had to answer this question myself because my mom wants one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's got the grandbaby that wanders around the house a lot. So we ended up going with a uh, SIG 250 in 380 because it was more comfortable for her. Um, and she could put it in a lockable case in her bedside table and not have to worry about the kid getting to it. Well, there you go. And and this this is convenient. But if you want to read more about the SIG 250, uh, go look at Tamara Keel's blog, uh, The View from the Porch, and you can Google that. I think it's books, uh, books, bikes, and boomsticks at WordPress or something like that. I'm sorry, Tam. But she's done like a 2,000-round test on the... 380, um, the SIG 250-380, and was pretty impressed with it. So, I mean, full disclosure, SIG does pay us money, but um, by all counts, it's a really good gun for non-gun people. So, anyway, alrighty then. From Robert Gayhart, there are many concealed carry instructors who listen to your program. I am one of them. Would you, What would you say is the number one concept that is lacking in, killed, in concealed carry instruction for civilians that in, that instructors should pay more attention to and relate to their students? Um, there's two that I want to talk about, so we'll talk about one of them first, and depending if I come to my senses or not, we'll talk about the other one. The main one, I think, is that people seem to have lost sight of context a little bit. Um, a lot of things that work in one area maybe don't work in other areas as well, and that's something to keep in mind. Tom Givens gives a really good talk about the differences in context between you know, the military, law enforcement, and civilians. The mission profile is different. The gear we use is different. The mindset should be different as well. Um, that's one. The other one that we should probably talk about is whether or not everyone needs to be a shooter. Um, this is not a popular opinion. And oddly enough, it's one of the few areas I agree with uh, Rob Pincus about. You know, he... He talks about the differences between hobbyists. And when he says that it sounds bad, I know what he's saying. Some people get upset about it. I don't, I don't know. Um, hobbyists and just people interested in self-defense. If you have limited resources and shooting is not your hobby, then concentrating on all the cool guy gear and all the cool guy training, probably not a good idea. Is marksmanship important? Yes. Is hitting small stuff really fast important? Yes. The ways we approach everything, though, is probably a little different based off of, you know, what your end state is, I guess. Um, it would be cool if people thought about that a little bit more and maybe realize that not everyone's going to go and, you know, Buy a Roland Special or, uh, you know, a, a $3,000 1911 or things like that. And that's okay if they don't buy that. If what they end up with is an XD or, you know, 
a Bursa or a Taurus, oh my God, uh, or a police trade and whatever. And that's what they got. Then instead of like picking on them for their choices that we don't have to live with, hmm, maybe we should just try and be helpful and pass information along. Uh, I know it's a novel concept. I mean, I, I get that people want there to be drama and want fights to happen. And I understand why that goes on, but it's not helpful. And I think everyone, you know, should take a step back and and try and be a little more useful to everyone else. Which I know people that have been listening for a while are like, oh my God, what happened to John? Because especially in the past, I used to really attack people if they were saying violently stupid things places and i'm not saying i won't do that in the future but i've certainly mellowed a lot and i've sort of tried to make more of a concerted effort to just be helpful um i'd like to see that so that and there's multiple ways to do things and just because you've got one way that works doesn't mean there aren't other ways that work all right so that was three answers here quick another question from Nathan Brenneman, what kind of medical training should a concealed carrier get? Huh. Um, you should probably learn about uh, TCCC, you know, and probably learn about, you know, basic life support uh, stuff like CPR. I was going to say go to a CPR class. Yeah. It's f- it's free. How about how about the Heimlich maneuver? Mm. Um, you mean you got to learn that? Well, yeah. Uh, you know, easy stuff. If you want to go take like a uh, a Lone Star Medics or a Dark Angel Medical class, that's an amazing idea. You know, the there's a lot more TAC Med instructors coming up, and I think that's a good thing. You know, learning how to plug holes and apply tourniquets. That's a good idea if you are around guns a lot. Um, accidental accidental gunshot wounds at the range. Those happen. Far more common. Yeah, car accidents. You know, all sorts of stuff. So, I mean, you know, basic CPR, um, stuff like that. Uh, maybe learn how to pack and dress a wound and apply a tourniquet. Go from there. I would say if, you, if you're looking for it, there are... Tons of free information about being a first responder. Mm-hmm. And it's the easiest, you know, like information out there to find for free. Oh. Coming from Sean Powell, which instructors would you say have influenced your technique, tactics, and mindset the most? Huh. Ah, uh, that's a really hard question. All of them? I mean... Probably Tom Givens, Pat Rogers, Craig Douglas, William April. There's more I'm forgetting. But, I mean, those immediately spring to mind. Um, You know, I'm very lucky that I'm friends with a lot of instructors now. So it's kind of hard to just pick one. But as far as uh, probably the most influential that... uh, to my shooting, at least, would be Todd Lewis Green, who passed away recently. Um, but I will save that for another time right now so that I'm okay for uh, 
the rest of the show. But yeah, the, those guys had a lot to do with who I am right now. Uh, easily for me, it's Paul Gomez. And I never got to meet Paul. Yeah. So um, I did get to attend the very first Pauly Palooza, which was a treat. But I, I'm very regretful that I never got to meet or interact with Paul Gomez. Coming from Sean Yandel, sorry if I mispronounced that, uh, this was specifically a quick one. What are your must-read books for developing mindset and or skill? Interpersonal communication, for example. Uh, Ender's Game. Nice All of them. Especially the later ones when he gets really disillusioned with violence. So, but, hey, look, it's time for the break. You're listening to Ballistic Radio! Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Daniel Defense, country's leading manufacturer of air rifles and accessories. Daniel Defense, lighter, stronger, better. This segment brought to you by Blue Force Gear. Doesn't matter if you're fast roping out of a Blackhawk, serving high-risk warrants, or trying to figure out which aisle they hide the kale in. That stuff's not bad. Sometimes. High in protein. It's a superfood, really. Blue Force Gear has a solution for you. Do you need a low-visibility concealed carry option? Check out their belt-mounted multi-use pouches that utilize 10-speed technology to hold magazines, lights, and other tools close to your body while moving with you. Maybe you need a lightweight minimalist plate carry to throw on over top of your duty gear. So take a look at Blue Force Gear's plate minus. Maybe you just need a better way to sling your rifle. They've got you covered with a Vickers sling. If you need to carry gear, they make a way for you to do it. Blue Force Gear, always better. And also, Wilson Combat. Wilson Combat makers of the finest custom 1911s and scatter guns since... 1977, legacy of quality, innovation, and service. Learn more about their firearms and accessories at www.wilsoncombat.com. So, Jack-Jack tried to (laughs) biologically attack me with some eucalyptus spray during the break. I told you not to spray it up your nose. I didn't spray it up my nose. It's in my eye and it's your fault. It's okay. It just burns a lot. I told him to spray it. He's like pointing it at his face. I'm like, no. I didn't point it at my face. A little bit. That's like rule number one? No. The eucalyptus spray is always loaded. (laughs) Rule number two. Anyway. Coming from Ray Forrest. When traveling for training, how do you load out? Pelicans? Soft cases? What level of spares? Parts and guns? Do you ship or travel with ammo? Sorry. (laughs) 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 Cookies. And what is your favorite baggage for carrying this stuff around? Uh, Huh. Well, Jack, you've seen me pack for trips. (laughs) When do I pack for trips? Uh, You make me pack for trips the day before. Uh, Really? The day before? It's usually the hour before (laughs) when I've done it the last couple times. Um, That's a really good question. I like Pelican cases for long guns. Generally, um, i tell you what I've been really happy with lately. I bought a GPS range bag backpack thing that was suggested to me by Melody Lauer. Um, I've dug that a lot lately. You know, as far as like spares and stuff, it depends what kind of class I'm going to. Um, you know, at least one backup gun. I like you know, having the common parts that break, um, ammo. I, I don't fly anywhere, so it's kind of easy. I just throw everything in the back of my Jeep and go from there. Um, 
that's that's really like a I don't know. I just throw stuff in my car and I leave. I would say there is no good way to gray man a Pelican case, but don't put any firearm stickers on it. Like I see mm-hmm. that all the time. And like if it's a Pelican case, someone will steal that because they know it's valuable. Well, yeah. So if you if you're going to use a Pelican Pelican case and you don't want people to know it's guns, uh, find some camera gear stickers and throw that on the outside of it. You know, is it still valuable? Yes. Will it? necessarily trigger the people that are looking for guns specifically no um you know bright colors are really good for those Mm -hmm. the the orange ones mine's tactical dirt colored because it was on sale on amazon prime but if the bright orange if if i had it to do over again bright orange so jack's like okay i'll ask another question from ben reynolds what is the distance that you feel you should no longer be taking a shot with a pistol? Well, sort of depends on you. Uh, and it sort of depends on the situation and the backstop and all that good stuff. Um, you know, I feel really comfortable out to about 50 yards with a handgun to where if I miss, it's because... I did something really egregiously wrong with the trigger or sights. Uh, I can hit stuff pretty regularly out to 100, though. I'd have to feel really good about the backstop before I'd uh, want to take a shot like that. I mean, it, it depends. Um, the people that say if you shoot past seven yards, you're going to jail is just completely ridiculous. There's all sorts of circumstances where someone can justify deadly force past that. Um, now, a lot of times you might be in, acting in defense of others, which is problematic. I'd have to feel really good about that, uh, you know. But if I'm on the other side of a highway and I see a cop on the ground and, you know, he's not moving and there's a guy standing above him trying to get his gun out of the holster, then, yeah, I'll take a shot across the highway if there's no cars coming and I can do that. And that's not a short shot, you know, across six lanes. Now, I mean, and that's just... in. Off the top of my head, um, an aisle at a grocery store, you know, that's a long shot. Could you be at the back of a grocery store and somebody starts shooting at the front of a grocery store, robbing the place? Yeah. But the other thing to keep in mind, you really need to be sure of what's happening before you get involved. Um, you know, for all you know, the guy shooting at the front of the grocery store could be the guy with a concealed carry permit trying to stop the robbery. Um, so... Long shots, I mean, essentially the question is, will you take a long shot? Uh, yes. Will I take a long shot if I didn't see the beginning of whatever's happening? Ooh, probably not. You know, depends. So. From Martin Leo, is it okay to play dress-up for training classes? I'm talking about regular civilians putting on plate carriers and battle belts who don't operate that way every day. There are so few... And I, I'm going to steal a private conversation between Jack and I about a completely unrelated matter. But there are sure f- there are so few moments of joy and happiness in life that are otherwise filled with, you know, the crap you have to deal with going to work, you know, dealing with family problems, other stuff. People that enjoy going and doing that 
awesome. If that's your thing and you like doing it, go do it. If you like dressing up and throwing, you know, styrofoam balls at each other and saying, Magic Missile! Uh, that's a LARP reference. For I, I, I didn't understand it. You, you did. I don't know about everyone else. Um, cool. Go do that. If you like to go and study traditional uh, folk polka music, whatever, cool. Um, if you enjoy doing it, then go do it. If you are the type of person that is serious about self-defense, rabbit ears, um, and that's the only stuff that you do, and you think that stuff is really salient to what your interests are, I might disagree with you on that, but I'm not going to tell you not to go do that. Because once again, I'm not the fun or happy police. Um, really getting tired of people that like go around trying to suck the joy out of you know, life for everybody else. So, yes, is it okay? Yes, it's okay to go and have fun and be happy. I, I didn't know that, you know, we needed a permit for that or permission. But if we do, everyone, you have my permission to go dress up however you want to dress up and be happy as long as you're not hurting anyone else or breaking any laws. And if you're hurting other people, as long as it's like consensual hurting other people, hey, whatever, you know, I, I hear like that... Uh, What's the SCAA or the, the people that bash each other in the head with swords, blood yeah. swords? Uh, Battle of Nations, SCA. Yeah, that, that, that probably stings a little bit. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> as long as everyone's on the same page, then yeah, go ahead. Um, you know, if one of the things that I can accomplish in however long I have doing all this is to get people to lighten up about what other people do, cool. So... I, I will say from strictly a taking the class standpoint, I've taken a bunch with just like running magazines out of my pockets for rifle classes, and I've taken with like minimal chest carriers. It's way easier with the minimal chest carrier. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to a class, especially a fundamentals class where you just want to make your life easier from an admin standpoint, sure. And hey, if you think it's cool to dress up in whatever your favorite camouflage is on the weekend because it looks cool or... Mandrake. Yeah. Um... <laughs> anyway, <sighs> you know, fine. You know, that's that's cool. If guys have a problem with that, then I don't know what to tell you. Just understand what you're doing and go from there. So, there. How's that? I think that was a good one. God, I'm getting old. <laughs> Tired. From John Phillips, do you guys listen to any other podcasts? And if so, what are your favorites? Always on the lookouts for new podcasts. I like Critical Hit, which is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. You can find it on the iTunes store or Spotify. Um, it's not gun-related, clearly. Um, but you got to understand, this is my job, and like in my spare time now, I want to get away from my job. I've heard a lot of good things about uh, uh, Mike Seeklander's new podcast, Warrior Society, I want to say. I would check that out. Um, if you're into, like, the minutia of stuff, uh, the primary and secondary forum crew has uh, a couple podcasts that are out. You know, that's geared more towards the guys that are already into this, I think. I've not listened to it, but I've heard good things about it. I've listened to it. It's good. Ah, um, you know, it, it depends what you're trying to get out of it. 
Uh, and that's not to say there's other really good podcasts and are escaping my mind right now. And I'm have... I'm really into Weekly Rave, which is a, a breakdown of all the new EDM hits. Really? Oh yeah. Hmm. Really great remixes. Paul Carlson was doing a uh, podcast, Safety Solutions Academy. Uh, I don't remember what the name of his podcast is. There's all sorts of really good podcasts, and I'm sorry that I don't listen to more of them. It's just I, I like not working in my not work time, and Dungeons & Dragons is about as far away from all of this as I can get and not be... No, it's about as far away from this it as is, I can get. It is as far as you can get. Hey, look, it's time for the break. You're listening to Blizzard Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Daniel Defense, country's leading manufacturer of air rifles and accessories. Daniel Defense, lighter, stronger, better. This segment brought to you by Surefire. Know your target and what is beyond it. But how can you really know your target? By shining a really bright light at it. Or giving it a questionnaire. And that's where Surefire comes in, the bright light part. From the USB rechargeable 300 lumen sidekick. To the 500 Lumen X300 Ultra or M600 Scout Light, Surefire can make sure you never have to yell, Aziz, light, ever again. Doesn't matter if you're shining a light at a potential threat or just helping your friends see through their eyelids. When you need all the lumens for longer, you need Surefire. So, it is the Facebook user question show. We are giving away an awesome prize pack donated by SKD Tactical. We're asking, wow, we could ask you questions. That'd be interesting. What is it like in your mom's basement? Oh, I like Cheetos too, though. They are delicious. Yes, they are. Anyway, we're answering your questions and picking some of you to win free stuff. So I'm going to stop talking now. Go ahead, Jack. Right, meow. Coming from Hiram Grisham. Change my mind. Now I'm talking again. (laughs) After having Andrew Bronca on the show... How have you thought or rethought some of the aftermarket triggers out there? Are there any thoughts on his points regarding the simple sticking of a four, simply sticking with a four pound factory trigger versus the accepted industry 3.5 mark? Well, one, it depends what kind of gun we're talking about because four pounds is light for a lot of striker fired guns. Um, you know, three and a half to four pounds, we're, we're talking about 1911s or other single action guns. Uh, the part that I think is important to remember about what Andrew said, um, he was talking about lowering the weight of the trigger pull unacceptably, um, you know, fundament, fundamentally altering how the gun fires. And when you start taking, you know, three, four or five pounds off of a trigger pull, yes, that's a problem. Um, most of the aftermarket triggers I use have not decreased the trigger pull weight. They just change the characteristics a little bit. Um, you know, for instance, people that have been paying attention know I'm a big fan of the SSVI tear trigger for Glocks. Uh, run those with a factory connector. Does the pull weight decrease? New. No. Does it change the characteristics? Yes. I'm looking for a more rolling break. I've gotten a lot of luck getting those. With that trigger, um, you know, the SIG P320, 
I've not messed with the trigger on that yet, but I'm hearing a lot of good things about the Apex trigger, um, which to the best of my knowledge is just changing the trigger shoe. Does that fundamentally alter the gun? No, not really. Um, so yeah, that's depends what you are going with. You know, oddly enough, a lot of the times the way I set Glocks up, I end up with a heavier trigger pull that just feels different because I've always liked the extra power striker springs just to get improved ignition reliability. But so yeah, that's where I'm at. Coming from John Deerford, Pat Rogers says light stays on. The danger of bad guys shooting at the light is overrated. Southnart, light goes on and off as the dangers of the shot are drawn to the light are high. Who's right and why? And you've trained with both those guys. I've trained with both those guys a lot, actually. Um, they're both right. It's, it's a, Inconceivable. I know, right? Um, so here's the deal. Most of Craig Southnark's stuff is based off of single respondent uh, building searches that are not ideal situations. And you're doing a lot of things to obscure movement with the light. It's easy to do that. Well, easy is a big, <laughs> easy is not the right word there. It is a technique that works very well when you're on your own. Um, can you, you can hide with the light if you do it the right way. I've seen it firsthand. Um, my experience with Pat, especially talking about light techniques and stuff like that, is team responses in building searches. You're painting with the light. You've got multiple guys covering different areas. They know you're there. It's really hard for more than one person to be sneaky. Um, if they already know you're there, then just leave the light on and worry about other stuff. Paint with the light. Neither one of them's wrong. It's just different context. Oh, it's a shocker. Um, and I think there's a lot to be said for both techniques or both valuable techniques. Um, you know, as far as which one would I employ, it's really dependent on the situation. You know, I probably would default to turning the light on and leaving the light on because it's less for me to think about in the spaces where I would be searching a building, which would be my own house. Um, so I don't know. That's my thoughts on it. That is not an endorsement of one over the other, though. They both make a lot of sense. Um, here's a good idea. Go train with both of them and see which one works for you. I know, right? That was my shocked face. It looked like your other face that we don't talk about. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> anyway, we, we, got, we got time for another question or two. Kyle Goley, or Goley, is carrying a fixed blade? Or Go Goley or Goley? Because you just said the same name <laughs> twice. Stop messing with my head! Are you having a stroke? Mm -hmm. Is carrying a fixed blade or an extra magazine more important? If you had to pick one. Well, it depends on your local and state laws. Because certain places, a fixed blade is illegal. Um, if you are allowed to carry one, I think the fixed blade knife is more useful in more situations. If you are a civilian, you probably do not ever need that spare magazine. That's, I carry one. Trust me. I carry one. 
Um, I think there are other situations that occur much more frequently that we should worry about. Let's talk about a couple of them. Uh, malfunction clearances. Those seem to happen a lot. I've talked with this about uh, I've talked about this with Claude Werner and Chuck Haggard quite a bit. Um, I think people should place more of an emphasis on learning how to fix malfunction clearances quickly. Um, getting tangled up where going to the gun might be the wrong idea. The fixed blade knife comes in handy. I would carry one, something like a clinch pick or my my favorite special circumstances makes some really amazing titanium and carbon fiber laminate blades that are absolutely gorgeous. Um, they're expensive though, so it depends on what you're looking for. You can get, uh, they're, they're called China picks because they're the made in China version, but Triple Watt Design sells those on their website on a pretty regular basis. So yeah, I, I'd think about a fixed blade knife personally. So if I, if I had to pick between one or the other. I don't know why I'd have to pick between one or the other, but if I did. Uh, if if I'm wearing a tux, you start running out of room. I'm just trying anyway. <laughs> I look like it. a big penguin. Um, from Dane Lazarus. I would think you'd look like a six foot seven, 400-pound guy <laughs> wearing a tux more than a penguin. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. From Dane Lazarus, what features do you look for in a handheld carry light? Durability, um, Newman's ratings that last for more than the initial three seconds the lights turned on before they dim significantly. That's actually a big one that I've noticed with some of the um, the cheaper lights. You know, it. So full disclosure here, I'm paid by Surefire. I like Surefire lights a lot. I've not really been able to break very many of them. Um, if for whatever reason Surefire is not in your budget, you can check out some of the other ones, um, Claris, Nightcore, stuff like that. But just be aware, durability is questionable. Actual lumens ratings, also questionable. Um, depends, you know. So my thoughts on that. Hey, it's the end of the show. Make sure you check out our website, BallisticRadio.com. Like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash BallisticRadio. And, hey, keep leaving those five-star reviews on iTunes. We really appreciate it, guys. Helps us out. Just do that if you want to, though. If you don't, no hard feelings. Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. As always, be safe, and see you next week.